Welcome back to the American Dad podcast. Yeah, we're this back, week. Huh? Sorry. We begin our countdown of the top five episodes of season four, or season three, depending. I don't know. I can't keep up with it. We're calling it's, it season four. All right, it's season four for now and forever. Coming in at number five, <laughs> Jerker. Yeah, there you go, James Bond fans. I've had sex with a lot of women. And let me tell you, you should probably get tested. The first non-canonical episode. Non-canonical. Is no. it not, Paul? It's non-canonical. It's, uh, it confuses me. There's times when I think it's canonical, and then I realize there's no way in hell it's canonical, and I've been a fool this whole time. I Just... mean, I think that there's a way it could be canonical, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> That's a pretty solid five. It's got a five-ish feel to it. They took a risk here. This episode had a big swing. There's some cool art, so... It's one for the fans. Yeah, mm. for the homies. Let's begin with our new categories, which may or may not be extremely similar to old categories. A-plot meets B-plot. Now, stay with me here, because the plan gets a little convoluted and a lot crazy. The entire family and the extended cast of the show is in a 007 parody with Stan in the role of Bond and Roger as a villain named Tearjerker. Stan investigates arms dealer Tchotchke Smear's mysterious production of terrible movies, leading Stan to Tearjerker's lair. Tearjerker plots to avenge his failed Monsters Ball audition by forcing the world to watch his performance in the saddest movie ever and cry the world to death. Hmm. That's the name, Tearjerker. The next category is called Klaus and Haley Watch 2000. Yeah, because it's been... Paul, s- just do the theme. Klaus and Haley Watch 2000. There it is. <laughs> Incredibly similar, but <laughs> slightly different. But Klaus and Haley, a lot of times, are not very involved in the plot of the episode. Or the podcast that we record. So... Let's just keep an eye out for them and see what they're doing. <laughs> what are they doing, Paul? Ooh, I like this. Haley gets one line in this episode. <laughs> Morning, Peace Nickel. Morning, government-sanctioned murderer. And Klaus serves as the secondary villain, Tchotchke Schmier. What did you do? Was there milk in that coffee? McConaughey can't have milk! I cannot spell the word Tchotchke. I've tried all week. I get it wrong every time. He also... <sighs> There's too many vowels in this word. I can't... He also sensuously... (laughs) I'm going to go with that. He also sensuously rubs Roger's feet, which may be our first glimpse at Clodger. The horrors of Clodger. (laughs) The fan's number one ship, Clodger. It's filthy. It's a filthy episode. Oh, God, it's so gross. If you watch Clodger a lot, you might need to see somebody. Yeah, if Clodger's anyone's favorite episode, <laughs> like, you know, like I've seen Clodger five times more than anything else, you might be a redneck. It's just gross. It's <sighs> Our next new category is called Have We Meta, which is just meta references of all sorts. With an incredibly cute name. Have We Meta? I like it. Right. I mean, it can work on so many levels. Like the first <laughs> level, the second level. <laughs> I guess who, that's who I would mean, believe there's a third level. Does anyone believe there's a third level? I have one that is beyond that. Ooh, what is it? Tell me. 
Okay, so tearjerker's broom-wielding henchman <laughs> is called Gums. Gums, he's stuck on the death slide. Which is a reference to Bond villain Jaws, who is played by seven foot two actor Richard Keel, who looks almost exactly like Paul. There it is. <laughs> like, at first, when you were saying Gums, I knew who you were talking about, <laughs> and I was going to come in and say, you know, I kind of look like that guy, but hearing you say it, it hurts. <laughs> hearing that other people... Yeah, I look like the big monster from Happy Gilmore. Here are all the ways in which he is basically you and you're basically him. Okay, totally fine. We both This escaped. is how meta it is. It's so meta as going out to the people who are making the podcast from the show. So Paul, like Keel, is afraid of heights. I am afraid of heights. I'm a big old bitch. I don't like In them. the movies, he had to have a stunt double yeah. to do the stuff that was up high. Seven foot two, afraid of heights. Keel turned down the role of Chewbacca because he was afraid of being typecast as a monster. Paul <laughs> oh, was typecast as a monster and hired to play <laughs> and hired to play one at Universal Horror Nights. It's it's all true. Actually, I can't say anything. Well, that's that's more of a difference than a similarity. Times were hard, and I did the monster mash. It wasn't because of your acting. <laughs> no, Keel. Basically retired from acting after he was involved in a truck accident. He walked with a cane Hmm. like the rest of his life. And Paul blew out a tire on a freeway and now drives so grandma that he's been pulled over by police in L.A., which is pretty rare. Yeah, you're right. I was pulled over for driving too slow. I was too much of a nuisance (laughs) that I was pulled over. Was that on the freeway? Yeah, it was on the freeway. Oh, my God. Do you know how hard it is to get pulled over on a freeway in L.A.? Doesn't seem that hard. I was it able is to extremely do it. hard. I have, I, I don't know how. I can count on my hands how many times I've seen somebody pulled over on the freeway. They're always looking for me. I'm imagining that the policeman was just on the freeway. He saw how slow you were driving, and then he just decided to pull you over because you were so clearly drunk or, yeah. or high. Oh, no, or something. he definitely thought I was drunk, and it's always a crap. Sh- like, no, did, did he give you a sobriety test? Uh, he didn't, but he looked in my eyes real hard, and he asked me <laughs> if I was drunk. I'm like, no, I'm not drunk. I'm a little tired from work, but I'm just driving <laughs> slow. He also died at age 74, and you're going to die at age 74. I would be shocked if I made it that long, but yeah. That's pretty good, though, for somebody who's seven foot two. Yeah. Giants don't last that long. Too big for this earth. Yeah, eventually there's just not enough But seriously, he looks so much like you. He does look like me. I get it. It's it's uncanny, and it's unfortunate. So are you done? That's a meta references. That's meta references to you. I'm not. Here's meta references within the show that are actually relevant. Okay. The Buddha statue in Francine's massage room. I'm falling for you. Oh, I remember when I first fell for me. Great feeling, isn't it? Warm. Right in your belly. Right there. That's me. Is also in Mama and Baba's trunk in Big Trouble in Little Langley. I feel like a visitor in my own home. Dear God, did you find that, or do you actually notice that? I just noticed it. Wow, that's that's pretty good. Halle Berry and Adrian Brody's baby is wearing a Che Guevara onesie that is also a poster in Steve's room during the episode Red October Sky. This at least we can agree on. Planet of the Apes was a fine picture. Okay. So, yeah, maybe this episode is just a fever dream of one of the characters. They're taking little bits from the world. Right. I was thinking that maybe it was... Stan's fantasy or Stan's mm-hmm. dream because obviously he's the protagonist and mm. everybody's just kind of a side character. Right, it's the movie script that Stan is working on. He gets to tell Haley to shut up and she she does. <laughs> oh, peace, Nickel. Why don't you shut up? I like this. I like this idea. It's his threat level midnight. Yeah. 
I don't know if Have We Met It is the right title for this uh, but section, it's but it's the, the one we're using. <laughs> Our next category is replacing award show, and it is called Damn Those Sons of Bitches Are Close. <laughs> Damn Those Sons of Bitches Are Close. Where we discuss the top five episodes that almost made the cut. So 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Yep. Coming in at number 10 for us for the season is <laughs> Halius. I'm getting fed up with this orgasm. Agent Small Wonder activated. Yay, look at Haley getting in there, squeaking in. Best thing about Halius is Wheels and the Leg Man. It's the introduction of Wheels and the Leg Man. What are you doing in a wheelchair? I'm Wheels. Together we're Wheels and the Leg Man. The birth, the genesis of the great idea that is Wheels and the Leg Man. Apparently Steve also has a love of characters and performing them and taking it way too far. Um, I have three kids. Is this a real job? Shut up. Yeah, the house is filled with performers. Yeah, but I guess we saw Roger do this with Francine a little bit in Camper Foogie. Yeah, one of Francine's best episodes. Okay, what else is good about Halius? What else is good about Halius is Braff Zacklin. You fool. My name is Braff Zacklin. I was an international race car driver. One day, a baby carriage rolled out onto the track, so I swerved into the retaining wall to avoid it. The car burst into flames, but the baby miraculously survived. I was that baby. It's a nice little Zach Braff reference to the scrub fans that also like American Dad. I'm Braff Zacklin! Then next, Ding Dong. I don't know what Ding Dong is. Ding Dong. Okay, so that's what it is. Francine, someone's mimicking the doorbell. <laughs> oh my god. Ding Dong. <laughs> All right, so yes, the Truman Capote droopy dog like. But then father called and I had to flutter back to the nest like a wayward jaybird. Do you know it's a reference to To Kill a Mockingbird? Do I know what's a reference to it? Dill. No. How many times have you read To Kill a Mockingbird, Paul? Ugh. Like, I think as a class we read it once in school, but obviously I wasn't really involved. We read To Kill a Mockingbird a bunch. I've read it. Probably four times through, and I've seen the play, I've seen the movie several times in school. What you can't make a To Kill a Mockingbird reference and get it by me. I, I'll spot every one of them. I, I'm very well acquainted with the material. Every time I say the word shifferobe, Trey's ears kind of perk up and he's ready to talk To Kill a Mockingbird. So apparently there's a character in the book that is based on Truman Capote. Well, Dill. there's like a little heart, you know, like the main character is mm -hmm. whoever, I can't remember. And then she has a friend, Dill. Is it Scout? Yeah, Scout and Dill. Girl. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, Harper Lee and Truman Capote. Oh. How old is Dill? Because Scout's like a little girl. Yeah. He's also young. Oh, okay. Oh, Dill's supposed to be young. All right, so there's not He's got just... walking petunias. Oh, you brought flowers for Haley. No, these are for me. They're my walking petunias. Grown man with right. a wanderlust hanging out with a small child. Right, he's like eight or however old Scout is. But the description of him, it sort of indicates that he's effeminate. I like when Steve freeze frames. You're on a roll, Wheels. Great, now laugh and freeze frame. <laughs> and then the fire alarm goes off and the sprinklers are going and he's still in that freeze frame and the guy has to oh, yeah. roll him. <laughs> Just in the background, he's still got his hands in the air. <laughs> And I also like the Steve line where he says, But nothing gets past wheels, especially not people walking behind me in a narrow hallway. 
the knife stack of doves. <laughs> That's a really cute bit. She throws the knife and it kills three birds. But then the knife is so full up with birds it can't get through Stan. Another category I was thinking about was called That's a Raven. <laughs> okay. Little actions that are indicative of a character's behavior. Like when Steve has a really Steve moment. Yeah. When Stan tells the gun to call for help. <laughs> gun! Call for help! That would be a That's a Raven moment. Mm. Looking forward into the future, any reference to Mr. Teddy Bonkers could be a That's So Raven moment. Because this, Light Wheels and the Leg Man, is the introduction of Teddy Pierce Bonkers. Okay, you clearly don't understand That's So Raven. No, Immediately, don't you don't understand it. It kind of works. How is Teddy Bonkers showing up later indicative of some character's character? Okay, it's not so much a character. To me, like, I kind of see it as more of a callback of the show. But yeah, if it's indicative of something that a character would do, then no, it's not the same thing. Right. It's like, that's so Steve or that's so Stan. Yeah, not... Yeah, not at all. That's Teddy Bonkers. Teddy Bonkers is... Just a funny name. Yeah, <laughs> that's really all it is. Okay, so that was Teddy Bonkers. Congratulations! Mr. Teddy Bonkers was your handler and you killed him. I guess another meta reference would be that Stan gets winged in the right shoulder, which she also does at the beginning of Tearjerker. Ah! What the hell? Wait, you're a gun? I always thought you were like an eyeball or something. Douche. Bringing it back around. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Now I don't know if that's about... really a meta reference. You know what? I need the to whole some meta time. stuff. I need some time to think about these categories. TBD, people. But I like this. I like... Yeah, I like the damn those sons of bitches are close weekly discussions because the award ceremonies were becoming a bit much. We dressed up in suits every week. And I think this category is kind of looking ahead to the seasons that we're going to be encountering. Right. As where the, it really will be close. Right. As the the episodes get better, it gets harder and harder to only discuss five. But we're never going back. Never. Musical sequences. a soldier and a hero and a novelist and now he's on fox news mm. in which we discuss musical sequences the first one is you can still rock in america by night ranger stan loves night ranger this checks out that's a that's a raven yeah Stan loves Night Ranger. But does that mean that when... Shit, no tunes. When Stan shows up on the snowmobile that he's high, because he only loves Night Ranger when he's high. Mm, maybe he's high and that's when he's fantasizing about this whole thing. Yeah, he's eating some cheetah puffs. He accidentally got into Haley's edibles. <laughs> cheetah. That seems I like ate a, a brownie good... I found under your pillowcase. <laughs> this is like a good concept for a TBS episode. Or they can do whatever they want on cable. Stan wakes up in the middle of the night, hungry, eats some of Jeff's brownies. And there mm -hmm. it is. Just an episode of Stan being high. Is that serious? Well, okay. It's been done, but you really can't. You can't do it enough, really. Mm -hmm. The fans will just keep asking for it. Oh, yeah. Drug Half of them are high right now. Monsters. My musical sequence is Tears of a Clown, when the scientist who can't build a milk-proof robot is drowned <laughs> to death. 
and Manny and Petty are dancing. It is by the English Beat, originally by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. It's a more upbeat version. Tears of a clown, clown, clown. No one's around. <laughs> oh yeah, I was ah. researching. I was researching the song that I will be performing in yeah. a couple of weeks. Can't wait. Which is "Dream a Little Dream of Me" by not by but performed by in the style of Mama Cass. In the style of the Dave Matthews band. So I found out that Mama Cass, do you know how she died? Do you want me to say, I think I kind of, well, like she choked on a ham sandwich or something. Okay. Is that actually how it happened or is it like a fake thing? Like It's not true. Oh, God damn it. I know. It was really disappointing to me because I wanted to believe that somewhere in the world, somebody had choked on a ham sandwich <laughs> who was hefty. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's kind of unbelievable how she did die because she was 32. She died of heart failure, didn't have drugs in her system. Fat in her system. And, I mean, 32. Yeah, that's true. And then four years later, something like that, Keith Moon died in that room at age 32. It's like a drummer for The Who. What's this room? What's... Yeah, I know. You want to write a script about it now and call up the address, don't you? Well, yeah, now that you've given me the entire plot, I don't have that much to do. It's all written out for me. But anyway, so I guess what happened was maybe a doctor or somebody did a press conference where they basically speculated early that because there was like a half-eaten sandwich or whatever (laughs) before the um, (laughs) autopsy was done that maybe she choked on it, but they didn't find anything in her windpipe. So he kind of screwed her over good. Yeah, that's ridiculous. The contractor who built this place screwed me good. But choking on a ham sandwich seems more plausible than just dying in your sleep at Keeling 32. Over. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? It's, with, with no drugs in your system. Yeah, it's surprising. It's surprising. Gone too soon. So the music from the opening credits was also sampled by the Black Eyed Peas in Don't Funk With My Heart. Hmm. And is the theme music from a 1978 Indian crime thriller action film called Dawn. Na, 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 don't fuck with my heart. Wonder if I take you home. Sorry. Speaking of Dawn, our next category is called Guess the Guest Voice. Who is the narrator for Oscar Gold? In a world torn apart by war and intolerance, one voice stood out. A voice that was... Sometimes hard to understand. Trey. I don't know. All right. Don't know, don't care. Won't be a part of it. (laughs) Paul? Of course that, yeah. It was Don LaFontaine. (laughs) Famous in a world movie voice. In a world. Yeah. Where vomit comes out of my mouth. Yeah. That's another matter. Bleh. I sound great. I should get voiceover work. In a world where vomit comes out of my mouth. In a world. <laughs> dun, dun. Our next new category is called Giffable Moments. A category for a very visual gag for a very audio podcast. <laughs> G- giffable. Yeah, it yeah, would be a good like gift. Giffable. 
Oh, it's a good GIF, and I'm not going to call it a GIF, even though the creator... If I, if you call it a GIF, I will hunt you down. Everyone, welcome to GIFable Moments. Ew. I don't like it. GIFable Moments sounds like you're going to put peanut butter on it something. It does. It really does make me think about peanut butter. Look, there's already something called a GIF. I'm sorry. And you didn't you didn't spell it with a J, and I know why you didn't. Because you're bullshitter. Jackass with a G? You gackass. I get it. You could spell you spell giraffe with a G, but I just I don't I don't I don't agree with it. Okay. To the new category. I would prefer they were gifts with sound, but I don't know if those exist. No, not really. They wouldn't be a gif at that point. Clip. Look, it's just a small clip that you would like to have. To watch on repeat. Yeah, Yeah, that you could watch on repeat and that you could also text to your friends so that they would know exactly what you meant. Or Slack to your office to your office cohorts and if you're looking for things like that lovely little tidbits of media can be found at the best of american dad podcast instagram <laughs> instagram <laughs> all right what's the first jiffable moment all right i'm sorry <laughs> make Gif-able. me feel good <laughs> make me feel good rogers failed acting career i don't know how seth MacFarlane did it because it's very important that how he says it <laughs> is actually funny. <laughs> Otherwise, it just feels like they're laughing at nothing. But yes, it's hilarious the way that he says Make me feel good. I kind of feel like when they're crying, they're crying at nothing. Yeah. But when they're laughing at him doing this audition, they're, that's a genuine laugh. Right. I haven't seen Monsters Ball, have you? Yep. Oh, is that in it? Yeah. Who says it? Halle Berry. Oh, and Halle Berry's also in that episode. And her and Billy Bob Thornton have sex. She says, make me feel good. And they have really gross sex. (laughs) She's like touching herself and she says, make me feel good. Does she? That's exactly how it happens. It's disgusting. I've seen it in a hotel room (laughs) with a family member and I was disgusted the entire time. (laughs) It was a really awkward scene to see. Yeah, I didn't care for it. That's why he kidnapped Halle Berry and kept her around. It's professional jealousy. Learn the nuances of her performance. The next gifable moment is Stan staring at Francine's boobs. I laughed while saying it because it is that funny. Great work, sex pun. Stan, we have to stop Tearjerker. What? Right, look. Because Francine gets some gigantic cans <laughs> and then Stan can't follow any train of thought she has. Tearjerker kept a few celebrities alive to do blow with. Stan. Stan. <laughs> and this yeah. is a third device we had the pen the cell phone and then this is the ring so many different things yeah would you want a funko of big boo prancing no because where could i put it where people wouldn't make fun of me for it i don't i don't need that i don't need to be like george r, r. martin with giant <laughs> large breasted figurines everywhere next to a little figurine of myself that's <laughs> You're a monster, Surrounding George R. Martin. <laughs> and I don't think it would really work as a Funko because the bodies are so small. The heads are big and the bodies are small. Yeah, you'd have to have it. Francine is one of those like Japanese anime figurines. Mm. That's how she would look. Right, or a body pillow. Oh, yeah. Big boob Francine body pillow. I'm like, her boobs are big enough. Yeah. Yeah, they were already. But they don't deflate. Never goes down. Hiding them. 
If you see her later in bed with Stan, her boobs are still gigantic. Right. <laughs> I think it would be funny if the same device were used, but Steve was her son, and then she came home and he had to deal with what he had wrought. <laughs> That'd be a good scientist, what have I done moment. Yeah. Yeah, see, if you were a woman, you'd have some pretty big cans by now. My gifable moment is the scientist who says, You're a lunatic with the madman's dream of a milk-proof robot! Are we saying the gifable moment is when he's drowning? No, I'm dancing? saying... When they're dancing in front of it. I'm saying the gifable moment <laughs> is when he's he's on his knees. So it's a gif that would need captions for the speaking. I mean, most gifs have captions. Well, unless they're cute animals. Yeah. I think the dancing with Manny and Petty would make a pretty good gif. Yeah. It's gonna do. But there's no drowning. music. Ah, oh, damn it, gifs. <sighs> well, this is why... Uh, and they're not ranked, but I would put that in at third. <laughs> <laughs> Our next new category is called the burn unit. Alternative name. No coward, bitchiest line memorial. No coward is a playwright. All right. No coward was a playwright. Wait, he's dead? He lives in our hearts. Burn unit is just the sickest burns in the episode. Sick burn. Yeah, sick burns. All right, the first sick burn is Stan saying, are you a whore? I get a good feeling from you. Do you get a good feeling from me? Are you a whore? I mean, it's cool if you're a whore, but no right now, I don't get with no whore. It's tied with, I'm going to go hit the juice bar. You probably wouldn't like it. It's not about living out childhood abuse through degrading sexual encounters. It's more about juice. It's more about juice. Yeah, both of these are burns on Francine. And then there's one more where he's like, look at what the whore cat dragged in. (laughs) A whore. Yeah, there it is. Whores. Mine is when Francine says, Oh my God, you really are a virgin. What? That's not good? No, it's awful. (laughs) Wait, that's not good? No, it's awful. (laughs) And the last sickest burn of the episode is Roger's burn in the volcano. (laughs) Mike, you're the worst contractor ever! <laughs> Sick burn. <laughs> Damn you, Michael. <laughs> Volcano got him good. Doing research. Yeah. Bow, bow. So much freaking research. Looking at old books and, and old, old documents. documents. All right. <laughs> what you got? Herman Gehring. Herman Gehring is referenced in Oscar Gold because right. Stan is like. No, no, don't hug him, Oscar. He's Herman Gehring. Who do you think Herman Gehring is, Paul? I have no idea. Part of me knew that this was eventually going <laughs> to come back and bite me in the ass. Not what knowing. do you think? I assume he's just a Nazi. Herman Gehring, I assume he's a Nazi. Okay. He was a Nazi. There it is. <laughs> he was Hitler's basically second in command. Mm. He's in charge of... The Luftwaffe, the, all the flying things. Oh. So this guy, his godfather, was a wealthy Jewish doctor and businessman who financially supported his family and provided them with a small castle to live in. His mom, this is probably not that surprising, but his mom became his godfather's mistress. Yeah, well, that's... For like 15 years. That's what's going to happen. Like somebody's bone in the landlord. <laughs> his second wife... Was named Emmy. 
She was known as the First Lady of the Third Reich. Aww. Which pissed Ava Braun off. Yeah, wouldn't she be that? Ava Braun. <laughs> uh, no, because Ava wasn't married to Hitler until like the very last second. She was mm. super weird. And then also, not there weren't very many people who liked her. Hitler ignored her. She like she shot herself in the chest to get his attention because he wasn't making time for her. Okay. Which apparently worked. Yeah. But um, he wouldn't be seen in public with her, and he wanted to remain single. So she didn't marry him until maybe 40 hours before they killed themselves. Shit. Yeah. Hermann Goering's wife openly despised <laughs> Ava Braun and told her as much, basically. So she eventually stopped being invited to host parties at Hitler's house. Hitler was the best man at their wedding. Hmm. Probably painted him something. At some point, Hitler was calling up Hermann Goering and being like, look, bro, you, c you can't come over. <laughs> it's, it's Ava. She, she just doesn't want you there. I can't believe the balls on this Emmy woman to, <laughs> to be like open about how much she didn't like Ava Braun. Yeah. But again, a... she wasn't the only one. Eventually, when Hermann Goering heard that Hitler was going to commit suicide, he telegraphed him to ask for control of the Reich. Mm, smart. Which must have pissed Hitler off. <laughs> because his reaction was to call him a traitor, strip him of all of his positions, kick him out of the party, and order his arrest. Hmm. And then after the war, Hermann Goering was found guilty of war crimes and sentenced to death by hanging, but he committed suicide with a cyanide capsule the night before. All right. Indeed, that's how it happened. Yeah. That's who Hermann Goering is, Paul. It's Hermann Goering. Final thoughts. <laughs> All the teardrop touches in Tearjerker's lair are kind of like Mickey Mouse heads, the Mickey Mouse shape in Disneyland. You can spot teardrops on everything. It's a pretty common shape, to be fair. <laughs> but his lights, his phone. Yeah, his phone has two teardrops on mm. the on the receiver. It's cute. His tie is teardrop shaped. He has teardrop shape. His head. Something on his head. I'm not <laughs> sure what that is. Yeah, there's logos everywhere. Drop. Everywhere they could draw a teardrop, they did. And these on the teardrop islands. Yeah, everything is themed. Yeah. My final thought is according to DVD commentary, Tearjerker's burned hand is an homage to Flash Gordon. I don't know. It's not the Flash. Flash Gordon's one of those old-timey things that George Lucas used to jerk it to or something. <laughs> I don't. I don't know who the fuck Flash Gordon is, and I don't care. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I don't know what this they're talking old about. This old-timey, I'm sure it was blonde. How old are these writers? Muscular. Earth is for the living. Okay, you know what I think the real most gifable moment is? What is it? Captain Monty saying, Let us make nautical haste! Nautical haste! <laughs> That's a good voice. It's probably just the same guy that does Buckle that sounds like Will Ferrell, but it's not Will yeah. Ferrell. Guy's making a lot of money ripping off somebody else's voice. Greg and Terry are dressed like the Beatles album, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. Panned. Mm -hmm. Old, old references. <laughs> yeah, in the top four, a little more modern humor. Stuff the kids can dance to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's our show. Thank you for listening. Ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba. You got no more keys? <laughs> uh... I'm hungry. I'm hungry, hungry hippos. I'm going to make spaghetti. Mmm. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye.
<laughs> oh, my God, you smell that? I had a pickle an hour ago. Came with my Reuben. I'm so fat.